Welcome to Crest in partnership with Elusive. Coming up is part two of Tom and Rhino's exclusive chat with Welsh surfing legend Linda Sharp, which includes a hilarious surf trip nightmare. Enjoy. went to Japan we had um, a sports psychologist mm. with us like before we went and he would turn up at all the British British Cup events yeah and uh, like the prospective British team you know I had a chat with him or whatever uh, and he, he he just he was really clever actually he was it just wasn't he wasn't quite in line with surfing but he did teach us quite a few tricks um, and I remember a lot of people benefiting from it when we were in Japan. Lee Bartlett was one of them. He really mm. benefited from it. And the Winter Brothers. Mm. You know, Steve was there and Russell was there. And Dean. Uh, um, was, the three there's a third there? Winter Yeah, no, no, Dean, Dean didn't go to Japan. Right. I think Dean went to Lackano. Right. So I think maybe the three of them were in Lackano. Um, and the other one was Rennie Gould. Mm. Rennie. From Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And what, so what sort of things did he... Did oh, he you, about, about uh, calming yourself down, you know, uh, and, uh, and, fo- and focusing on what you intend to do, going down the beach and blocking everything out by, by listening to music. Mm. And that, that's what I'm saying. That, that was my music thing. Oh, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Peter Gabriel. Red, is it called Red Rain? I think so. It's it's on his, like, you know, best of whatever. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was... You just said... Choose something which you re- which you really like to hear, and just you know block yourself in, get on with it, and just focus on what you want to do while you're looking at the heat before. So you go down the beach, you watch the heat before, you see what they are doing, see what the waves are doing, decide where you're going to sit, and all this. He said because essentially you're not competing against anyone, you're just doing it for yourself. Mm. You've got to find your spot, you've got to be sure that that's where you want to be, and stick with it. Mm. He said, if conditions change, there's people on the beach are going to tell you. They're going to scream and shout at you and move mm. you over. And, and it, that, that's always happened, isn't it? We've, we've always done that. But I think that's the one, other thing, the one thing I can remember when, uh, when I went through the, my competition days was you, you were passing that information on yeah. to me quite a lot. And I can always yeah, remember yeah. you feeding that information yeah. on to me. And, and how to deal with the French rips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who can forget that? Mm. Who can forget that? Yeah, well, they still do. Yeah, well, yeah. Everybody does. You you go down there and you say, right, you cannot fight them. You cannot beat the French rips. Mm. And if you watch the French people, they just go with them, like that. Mm. And then when they get out, but they know they're at the back, back around you come. Mm. You just can't beat them. It's, you know, it's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's... But, yeah, he was good, that uh, psychologist. And that, that's, uh, they've gone out there now. Richie and Skip's gone with them. Have you come across him? To the to he's the world. Yeah. Right? He's he already works with some of the. Uh, he, he's the designated like health and well-being guy with the English right um, team, and he's he's works he's already worked with Lucy and Stan and and uh, Luke. Lucy Campbell. Yeah, Lucy Campbell. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's he's like um you know he's a fitness bloke he is, yeah. but he's you know he's. He's good like that. He's well-being. He gets you in the right mindset and stuff like that. So, great skater as well. He is a great skater, isn't mm. he? Yeah. Mm. And, and he does and paddleboarder and surfer. Mm. But he's a skater more than anything. He's from Bournemouth, isn't he? That's right, yeah. And he went and did... Uh, he studied up in the north northeast up in Newcastle. So he's got um, the old, you know, all mm. a few bits and pieces. But it, it's, just, it's just a nice addition to have somebody like that who's... Mm. 
he's never been to a world contest. No. So this was this is gonna be a real eye opener for him. Yeah. But he wanted to do it, and he mm. wanted to you know bring something else in. Because I I would say I said it at the introduction to mm. our episode a fortnight ago. Um, I honestly don't think there's anyone who taught me more about surfing than you did, uh, Linda. And I think some of the, some of the things that I can remember, you know, just then hearing you talk through, mm. you know, that heat strategy and that way, you know, those ways of keeping calm, you you know, and I remember you telling me when you're surfing against someone really, really, really good, because I always used to find that, like, you know, I, I could I could beat the people I was supposed to beat and I could never beat the people that I wasn't supposed to beat, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, never. If someone was better than me, I wouldn't beat them. Yeah. If I thought I was better than them, I would. That's... And And I remember you saying to me that when I was in a heat... Don't watch uh, someone else surfing no, because it looks different from the beach. What the totally judges are seeing looks different. I remember you saying yeah. to me, um, "This I had heat at Crab Island. Mm. It was it was just before I had a heat at Crab Island against um, Alan Stokes, and I, and he he was always like mm. untouchable. And you were saying, right, doesn't matter what you see him do going mm. past you. Doesn't matter. You don't know what that looks like from the beach. Mm. You ignore it. You don't. You don't. You don't give you give him a score or anything like that. Mm. And you just do your own thing and you surf against yourself mm. and you surf against your own waves. Mm. And uh, it was a toxic trophy. Semi-finals of a toxic trophy. Langland LBR. Langland yeah, LBR. Yeah. yeah. One of Frenchies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and I remember paddling out, seeing Stokesy catch a wave, whack it, fin you know, fins mm. up, vertical board and everything. I remember, and I could hear your voice saying like. You don't know what that looks like to the judges. He probably fell at the bottom of the wave. You don't know what that looks <laughs> yeah. like to the judges. Yeah. I don't know what he did because I didn't look after no, that. Because no, on your advice, got him. yeah, came in and they were like, "Yep, second place, Tom mm-hmm. Anderson." And, yeah. and I was like, "Yes, you know." So, just some of those things. And then That's I also, right, I also remember you. I don't know if you remember this advice. I perhaps I'd love to hear you say it again. How you said it, if you can remember. But I remember you teaching me and Chris Sage how to do. A proper re-entry, like a proper down the line re-entry. There's a photograph in the shop that you used to run, Blackrock, um, of Shane Powell, mm. completely vertical. It was an Aloha poster. We'll mm. come to that in a bit. Well, have you had this Aloha poster in the shop? And it was either me or Sage said something like, oh, "You know, look, that's a really weird looking re-entry because he's turned halfway down the face." And you were like, "You meant to turn halfway down the face." Yeah. And uh, do, do you remember halfway up the face? Yeah. Ha- well, yeah, yeah. Halfway up. Halfway the face, up. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody was trying to do these re-entries at the top of the wave. Yeah. And you can't do them once you're up there because there's no energy left. Yeah. So you've got to actually initi- you instigate the movement when you've got about three feet left at the top of the wave. That's exactly what you And yeah. you were showing it and then yeah, you were going no, you've for got the Because you need that bit of energy yeah. to bring you back down. You're yeah. not going to come back down otherwise. Yeah. You're just going to go over the back, mm. which is what everyone did at the time. Loads of people were doing that. And you just you got you got to anticipate it. You yeah. got to you got to make keep the energy in, mm. you know. And that day, mm. there was there was a bit of surf on the push. And me and Chris Sage jumped, jumped on our bikes, and we were, we were so desperate to go <laughs> to these entries you taught us <laughs> that we got to, we got up to yeah. Rest Bay about two hours before the swell had ripped over again. And we were like <laughs> sitting there catching these like six inch ankle tappers yeah. going, you yeah. know, but yeah, it you know. Chris Sage says the same thing. He yeah. says he he hits the lip. I'm not saying I hit the lip properly. I still can't. But no, Chris but, Sage but says you, that, once, yeah. and once you've done it once, yeah. you totally understand it. Mm. You don't, don't you? It's a strange thing, uh, and you because you see a lot of people. I went through a big phase in my life only being able to surf forehand because our brands are left. Mm. Right. Yeah. So every time I went right, it was so short. I was like, oh, I'm not bothering to go right. It's just too short. 
So I, I would never go right. And then I went to France in 1980 and I had to surf my final in Lafetania. Oh, and I'd gosh. never surfed right a right hand point break. With a rock boil in the With, middle yeah, of the yeah. I'd never yeah. surfed a right hand point break. Yeah. And it was bizarre. And, and you know, I came fifth. <laughs> yeah. So that was why. If I bothered, if I'd known I was going to, you know, surf a right hand or had not had a choice because there was no choice there, yeah. then I would have made the effort to practice on a right hander. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Mm. And then I can remember actually, like, hanging on your every word actually talking about uh, surf advice for competitions uh, and we were sort of drinking tea in the black rock surf shop there mm. and i think that was actually a little bit before a little bit after sorry that herbie had been on the road working with uh, quite repping. a number of yeah. brands repping yeah, yeah. you so, mean from the coffee machine we had downstairs oh, that's right yes <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the cellar in the cellar yeah, yeah. yeah. The cellar that flooded. It did flood. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, yeah, he, he repped for quite a few people. I think it, um, Maui and Sons, I think, was the Maui first and, one. Maui and Sons. Um, and he repped for Mambo for years. And, um, and of course, he, he always repped for, uh, well, he, he, his original repping was for Paul Ryder. He used to bring surfboards from, from Paul, Spider. Spider was when he was doing Spider. Okay, yeah. He used to bring him into Paul's call before we even had the shop. Oh, right. He would put him in the shop when Gary had it. Oh, the, that's right. That's building. why there was so many... I didn't realise yeah, the connection. Yeah, okay. he used to do that all the time. He was big friends with Spider, with uh, Paul. Um, and then he was always did the... Um, well, Chops had Rip Curl. I think we had Rip Curl suits because Chops had them. Mm. Then he swapped to Billabong or something, whatever he did. So we always had Chops' things in the shop yeah. as well. His boards and oh, wet feet, yeah. Yeah, the, when he first did Beach mm. Feet, yeah. Mm. And and I think, actually, in 1988, there was the 100% Mambo Scholastics Championships down yeah. at Coney Beach, which yeah. was... Which yeah. was hundred percent Mambo. Was yeah. that was was that Herbie? Yeah. That was the yeah original. yeah. Oh, that was the connection, yeah. and um, they they sponsored the Welsh as well. Oh, did they for a couple yeah. of years and the British? Oh right, yeah, that was and, a fantastic brand. By oh yeah, it was and still is. Yeah, still it's around. True. Yeah, yeah. A million posters upstairs because they used to give us posters for the shop, so I kept them all. The artwork, they all rolled up upstairs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is brilliant. It is really cool. And I, and I en even ended up um, having a book. They, they published a book of all the posters and um, T-shirt designs. Yeah. So I don't know if you can still get that, but I have got that somewhere. Was it, was it an Australian brand? Really yeah, then, yeah, it was, right. yeah. Uh, but they had a couple of South African artists, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think that for me, the, the, the magical really... time was when, like, Herbie was yeah. writing it, and I think yeah. and that was the time of the farting dog and yeah, the yeah. hairy dog trumpet and all I that. I could have worn one of those. We've still got yeah. the T-shirts upstairs. Yeah. Uh, well, Ang Harrod rediscovered them the other day. Yeah. A lot of them got holes in because they're so old, but she still wears yeah, them. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's the look now, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's come back yeah. round, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's also rude enough. <laughs> if you could root me out a hairy dog trumpet, I'd be very impressed because I have dog. one. A hairy dog trumpet t-shirt. Yeah, I used to have a hairy dog trumpet t-shirt, yeah. You can yeah. still buy them. Can you? Oh, yeah. They're online. They're... Oh, yeah, yeah. They're online. They, yeah. They're doing them again. They're doing reprints. Yeah. Sorry, I'll cut that up. No, you don't need to <laughs> no, cut it. No, I'll see. I'll see. Producer I'll see Dodd I... has finally spoken in the middle <laughs> of the show, Linda. That's, that's, that, that is the, the magic it's of this allowed. occasion. Yeah. It's allowed. We're in my house. It's allowed. <laughs> yeah. We can, um, I'll see what, what the posters we've got. Because um, they're just sitting and rolled up. As we're going along, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got that. I got the poster of that um, that event. That Have you? school's event? Yeah, it's a little one like that. Little orange, it is. That just going off. That was one of my. It, it, although it was my first ever competitive event. Was it? Being super nervous. Um, <laughs> 
before school at the, on on the last day of school, but mm. and I can remember it was really stormy, yeah. and I think Mike Cunningham might have been there, or but yeah, he probably he was, possibly was, but yeah. I can remember the storm blew Vaughan's board yeah. down the um, beach, Just, down yeah, the beach and snapped all his fins yeah. out, yeah. And he got an, he got a present for it because it was it, they yeah. were just giving loads yeah. and I just thought how cool is that for yeah, an event because I was, it was only a lot like of stuff, wasn't twelve it? or something I don't yeah. know how old it was it was, but... it was the, like pre precursor the pre run of the um you know the the, the British pre- schools no the the Grom search one the school oh, right, on, okay, you know because yeah. way before that it was the first one that was done for mm. the very young kids it was and it was brilliant because yeah. I think there were loads of us were involved with yeah. it and I think after that I got really uh, yeah. sort of and Just this pulled is where, loads of people through. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. It was really good. And you were quite committed to, you know, to moving events around Wales a bit then, because I remember yeah. there being a schools contest in Towin. Yep, that's because Tony Jeffs was up there. Do you remember him? Yeah. No, I don't, do, do you remember I was, Paula? I, I've seen you must remember yes, Paula do, Jeffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was at that contest as well. Paula Tenadine, she yeah. was. She, her parents owned the campsite on the seafront in Towin. Right. And Tony was an art teacher yeah. in the school, and that's how they met. She was a pupil, and he was a teacher. Nice to go for a surfing contest. And, uh, yeah, I don't think there was any surf there, was there? No, there no. wasn't, but it yeah. was... Yeah. There was, there was the odd wave in the winter. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, when, when caravans worked... They had Tower a bit Tower worked yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Strange Tower. Um, no offence yeah, to anyone no, read no, listeners. Right. I'm sure we've got listeners there. It's a really, mm. it's an odd, you know. It's an odd place. It's an odd place. It's mm. like, it's like a kind of, it's like Aberavon meets Porth Call, but it's sort of like in the, the wrong end of, of like, the beach. Yeah, sort of no, it's <laughs> yeah. in, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They did, they did have a surf shop there as well. Yeah, they and did. It, it was called yeah. The Rise. Um, yeah. They've gone now. It was Wiggy and Jackie, great people. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that well, was. Well, you've uh, been there plenty then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, yeah, I used to work up there and uh, go and see those guys yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, no, every time I went up there, it was flat. <laughs> Funny that. Who did? Who went up to um, North Wales quite a lot repping, and yeah. he said you did get some really good waves up there. Mm. So there's a couple of secret spots on there, either side of um, Pothnigel, yeah. as they call it. Yeah, House the guys House. at uh, West Coast and mm. Absolute Water Sports, all yeah. those guys. I've gone up there and they've been quite generous with their time and sort and, of shown me around. And the, um, what was he, windsurfer originally, what's his name, the one who... Uh, oh, Spout. Spout? In West, yeah. in West what's Coast. This, no, what's the, the makers, clothing makers? Farrell O'Shea. O'Shea, O'Shea. yeah. Yeah, O'Shea everything. He, he was who used to deal with him as well. And, right. and he used to bring his stuff down to our shop. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I can we had that there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Herbie yeah. arranged for me to have a clothing sponsor by uh, O'Shea. I Did remember he? It was, my, it was my first one, yeah. It was all, it was all mounting Sage clothes. Sagey had been a bong and I had O'Shea. <laughs> O'Shea, good. It's still good. Yeah, well. they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, they, they sponsored Logan well. for a while. Did yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right, they did. Yeah, yeah they're, they're into the standard paddle boards now, aren't they? Right. And they also do um, the wake surfing. Because there's a, still a competition up there, isn't there, with a yeah. with a wire pole? Mm. Yeah, yeah, the wake yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right in Pukkeli, yeah. isn't it? Still, that place, yeah, isn't it? that's it. They're all still involved up there, so they're a nice bunch of people actually. But, yeah. Who uh, used to love going up there? It, mm. Apart from the cost of staying in a B and B because it was so expensive. Yeah. yeah it really More was. expensive than anywhere in Cornwall. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when the t- thinking about your competitive career, uh, Lind. Or, and your commitments, how on earth did you sort of manage to juggle that as well as your sort of teaching? My teaching, yeah, no. your teaching and in a surf shop. No, <laughs> teaching was never a career for me. <laughs> I know. I, I finished. You just did it every single day. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I just went, I went home, I went, went to work and came home. It was a job. 
right? I um, and my first job was in uh, the first job I had teaching was in Kumtawe in Pondadawe. Right. And it, there was a ladies and a men's staff room. Now that just floored me. That did. That was so old fashioned. Um, the school was on three sites. I was teaching with Gareth, um, Gareth Edwards' brother, Gethin. Right. And uh, I, it was hilarious. It was Gareth Edwards' old school. Mm. Uh, and, and I actually enjoyed the teaching and everything there, but like more than half the staff spoke Welsh to each other. Right. And I got left out of a lot of stuff. So I, I did it for two years. But while I was there, now this will make you laugh, you know, Everyone complains now, but only rugby gets time off, right? While I was there, I got that invitation, which you're just about to ask me about, (laughs) but the invitation to go to the WISA um, international event in Malibu. And this was like, I'd won the Europeans, I just won the British, and they they sent me this invitation. We want international people there. So I took it into school. So I've just been invited to this, but it's school time. So it was October. Um, and the, the contest started on the 3rd of October, so I would need to travel out to the 1st of October, and it was for three weeks, three-week waiting period, and the headmaster and and the like the board of governors, and I discussed it, they gave me three weeks off with pay. Wow. I know. Fantastic. And it, it was it was amazing, and, and I didn't I didn't band it so around. So it's a professional sort of event? Well, it, it was a professional event, but I entered as an amateur. Yeah. Because if I'd won any money, I wasn't going to take it. Yeah. You know, that was what you had to do then if you wanted to stay amateur. Yeah. You could enter professional events without taking the money. Mm. Um, but no, talk about support. But that that's what the school was like. They mm. supported everyone who played rugby. And they also, without, without me realising, supported everyone who did other sports as well. Mm. Um, and it was just, you know, they loved it. Plastered it all over the town. It was great. That's really good. But then really I was to California while I was there. And, you know. But they say the only time in my life I've ever had it with pay. Mm. Normally you have to take it out. After that, I did two years there and I wanted to move on, different school or whatever. And then I just, I, I, I found it easier to do supply teaching. Right. Because at the time it wasn't agency. You know how it is now. Mm. It's all agency work mm. and you just get peanuts and mm. treated like a, you know, mm. <laughs> treated like a student. Mm. But uh, no, I did... Um, I did uh, part-time. It wasn't part-time. It was actually full-time work, but I could take time off mm. if I needed it without pay. And uh, and then I stepped... I did a little bit of supply work, and then I stepped into an absolute dream job for me, organising um, the, the county school swimming programme. So I was based in Pontedawe Pool first. Then I was moved to Neath Pool for a while. Uh, but I was I was organising the whole of the school's programme for all primary and secondary school swimming in that particular pool. And I loved it. Mm. It was great. It was easy. It was easy for me because, you know, I was, it was second nature to me to do a swimming thing like mm. that. So I wasn't in a school. Mm. And, and that, that really saved my life, you know, yeah. to be able to do that. And that progressed then a bit later on in my teaching. Um, so when we got into the late 80s, I, I ended up in Swansea Leisure Centre organising all the schools used to Swansea Leisure Centre, so all Swansea schools. And then in the summer, because nobody wanted to go in the Leisure Centre in the summer, I was running the primary schools camping on the Gower. Now, oh, what wow. a dream. Gosh. <laughs> what a dream. I used, to, I used to pop down in the morning, see them at nine o'clock, send them off on their walks with their mm. teachers and go surfing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then I'd come back and meet them there at sort of four or five o'clock, make sure they all came back. Mm. Um, but then again, see, that was the day, that was before mobile phones 
Right. So if they lost any kids, you know, <laughs> maybe they were with, but they were with their own teachers. Yeah, yeah. So they had, and they had all these things in place, and and just about whenever route they were going, I'd already knock people's doors and saying, "You got school kids coming past your house today," and so it was, it was, you know, to be organised and everything. But yeah, no, no mobile the, phones. The kids probably didn't get lost as often though, because they no, were they probably didn't. looking at where they were going. Yeah, not looking at the phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't even GPS then. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. If you didn't know your map, if you couldn't map read, you were done for. <laughs> and that, that, I mean, that's that's happened to us when we were. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, you two. What needing to look at a map? Needing to properly look at a map. Uh, I mean, not knowing where you're going. Because yeah. that first time I went out to um, to the Europeans in '75, I wasn't part of the team. Yeah. There was, no, as far as they knew, there was no women's no women's event in it, and all the boys all went in their cars or whatever. Um, down to Senyos it was being held. So they all went to Senyos. And when they got there, uh, they, they found there, were, there was a women's event because the French had a, a bunch of really good women. Mm. So they wanted a women's event. And the English had taken three women and the French had three women. So they said, right, we'll have a European Women's Championship as well. French thinking they were going to win it mm. completely. And um, I can't remember who rung me up now. Um, our treasurer at the time, he was an architect. I, can't, I remember his name afterwards. But he... he he rung me, because my mum has a phone. <laughs> she, he rung me at home and said, uh, Lynn, what are you doing next week? <laughs> <coughs> They'd all gone down a week before. And I said, well, you know, nothing, it's, you know, summer. And he said, can you get down to Beiritz? I said, well, I suppose so, you know. He said, can you get here by Wednesday? This was Monday morning. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, he, he said, there's a women's event in the Europeans, we want you there. So I said, well, I'm sure I can. He said, well, yeah, come down. Just, I said, all right, I'll, I'll travel down as soon as I can. So it'll be like, you know, tomorrow. And, um, and I'll get someone to meet me at the railway station. So I went on the train uh, on oh, my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the, the funniest thing was going into Port Albert station saying, return to Beeritz, please. <laughs> <laughs> Port Albert, right. And they've got to uh, look it up in a... Yeah, yeah they did, yeah, yeah. yeah they, and it was, yeah. it was a book then. Yeah, it was a full-on book and you get a printed ticket yeah. and I paid cash. Yeah. You know, there was, there wasn't, there was, wasn't even like, I didn't even, I did have a checkbook at the time, mm. but I was, you know, I, they wanted Beeritz train cash. station, just an odd bit of trivia for you then. Mm. Beeritz train station at the time then is just at the bottom of a little hill from a place called the Pax Cinema which was where all the big surf movies yeah. were being shown at yeah, the time. They were. Yeah. But oh. it's not it's not down the bottom by the beach. It's at the top of the yeah. hill above the market, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, yeah. And that pack cinema is now yeah. a, um, a, nun, a nunnery. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But the, 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 the journey was hilarious. Yeah. Because I had to cross London. Yeah. Um, so I left Port Albert in the morning, cross London in rush hour, of course. With your board? <laughs> With my board. <laughs> no board bag. I didn't oh. have a board bag. Why would I have a board bag? <laughs> I didn't have a board bag. No board bag, no yeah. leash, fixed fin. Fixed fin. <laughs> and um, a rucksack on my back with uh, a tent, because I didn't know where I was going to sleep. <laughs> a mini tent, a sleeping bag, and about four pieces of clothing. No wetsuit. I was going to France. To why would I, why was I need a wetsuit yeah. in France in the summer? And this is to try and win a European title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, this was actually in October, when I think about it. It was the end of September. And uh, and yeah, I just had like two or three pairs, two or three bikinis, towel. Mm. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, one dress, things like that. Just off I went. Two pairs of shoes, oh. and um, yeah, crossed London first. That was hilarious on the on the tube. But I knew my way around London because I 
been in college down in Kent, so I mm. knew London like the back of my hand. But then it was over on the ferry, because there was no tunnel, nothing like that then, over on the ferry, then a train to Paris. And when I got to Paris, it was about half past ten at night and all the and the metro shuts at eleven o'clock. So I had to get a taxi. And I, I had a tiny bit of French. I mean, you know, I was yeah. O level French. Uh, and I got across London, I got across Paris, got on the train, off I went. I did I managed it, but it was hilarious. Mm. Absolutely hilarious. Got on and I got on the train, which was like a double train, going to Iran. Mm. Um, which is in Spain, isn't it? Mm, just and on the, the yeah, right yeah. on the border. But half the train was going to Lyon. <laughs> oh. So at Bordeaux. Oh, just move yeah. Up the train or well, yeah, train, but I yeah. didn't know this, and I was fast asleep, and I, and I, but I, I sort of had a half conversation with the guy in the in the carriage, and he had tried to tell me that you're going to be in the wrong half of the train, and I didn't know what he was saying. So, but I showed him my ticket, and he said, "Oh, okay, okay." So when the guard comes round to to move you on, he he'd walk me up. He showed, he told the guard in French what I was doing. The guard literally had to literally grab me. Pick me up out of my seat and walk me down the train. Tra- I thought I was being arrested. <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought he was like turfing me off because I'd done something wrong. And then I realised that I nearly went to Lyon instead of Iran. Mm, but fantastic. yeah, that was brilliant. And then when I got to, to the train station, of course, I didn't, I didn't have a, you couldn't buy a map of France. And it's not very Unless you were in France. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I didn't have a map. I just trundled up there. I got out and I thought, no. Where's the beach? Now, first thing in the morning, it's like, it must have been half past five, six o'clock in the morning, mm. just getting light. And and it is a long way from the beach. Yeah. And I, I but, and you can't see the beach from it either. No. And I came out to the station and thought, well, the beach must be downhill. <laughs> so I walked downhill <laughs> and I got to Grand Plage. And as I got to Grand Plage, sleeping on a bench in front of me was um, Chris French and Gary Parsons waiting <laughs> for me. <laughs> no way, yeah. To take me to the, could, the event. That time, yeah, you could follow the offshore wind as well. Oh yeah, you? yeah, you could have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that. I didn't know which. I knew which way was north, south, east, west. I yeah. could, I could manage that. <coughs> but yeah, what an adventure! What a seamless journey it was. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when I went, it was even more seamless. <laughs> <laughs> and and the 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 whole thing was sponsored by, um, uh, Ch- Chambi- um, you know, the champagne company. <laughs> <laughs> they were giving free bottles of champagne out at the end of the contest, wow. and all the winners were invited upstairs to the, you know the the VIP Lounge. lounge. So I was upstairs grabbing bottles of champagne. No, I was putting them down, taking them down, giving them to the boys. <laughs> and, no, and we weren't sleeping in a tent. No, none of us were. We didn't need it. I didn't know that. Moe, yeah, Moe Chandon. Gosh, that is top top drawer. Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. But I was I was handing bottles of Moe down to the boys, like (laughs) down the stairs to the boys, because it was it was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, and only the winners were allowed up. It was really like, "Mm." yeah, that's spirits too. Yeah, two spirits too. Yeah. Mm. So you talk about um, like all these wins, Lynn. Mm. You know, there's so many of them. There's got what what's up there being like the most. The, in your eyes, the biggest win for you? Well, it was that one, really. It the, was that the one. The 75, yeah, because it was it was just such a surprise. You right, know, it yeah. Just, it was brilliant. Uh, the, 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 one, the only one I I really... Uh, the, the other one I really enjoyed, which is not a win, but it was I was in the final. My last ever Europeans was in 95, right? So it was 20 years after that. Mm. And uh, I was past 40, 
and I shouldn't have been there really, you know, just like still no other women going in the water. Do you remember? You remember it? It was um, the Praia Grande in, in Portugal. Portugal. It was huge. It was. It was absolutely and huge yeah, and stormy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I only got through that because of my experience. Right. Because yeah. it wasn't for, for my fitness. You know, it mm. wasn't because I, I, should have, I shouldn't really have been out there, you know. But I managed to get through it because, uh, because I knew what I was doing. Mm. And yeah. I didn't drown. That was my other one. I, that was one of the events I almost drowned in. Mm. I was too mind. I was two heats I nearly drowned in. What was, it, what was the other one? <laughs> well, that, uh, let me tell you that one first. Me and Angel Poirot decided to paddle out the back, mm. which was like offshore. Mm. And um, we got through the shore brick, which was a nightmare. And we just, before we knew it, we were in the rip and out the back. And Angel and I sat there like this and it was massive. It was like, 12 foot plus mm. and it was they were like mountains you know mm. and you could you couldn't really catch them because they weren't they were breaking properly and Angela and I sat there for a bit and we said come on let's go in and she said yep and she's from Reunion you yeah. know she's she can handle stuff yeah, like she that was a, well, she was really good yeah she was early 90s yeah, she? I think yeah. she had her a and, year on the CT and everything and yeah she did yeah mm. her and uh, Emmanuel Jolie was the Emmanuel other one Jolie, the they were lovely and Patricia Lopez yeah yeah she's still around yeah she's still surfing yeah because um, I, yeah. I had a Welsh flag on my board surfing in um, the Algarve okay. in the early 90s one day and, and she, this she, woman paddled straight up to me and I was like, yeah. I knew who she was I was like, oh, it's Patricia Lopez yeah. and she paddled up to me and she said, you're from Wales you know Linda Sharp yeah, <laughs> she's, she's lovely Patricia like, anyway, we, sorry, go on no, no, it's, it's fine, you know I mean, we were both outside and we both went, let's go in and a, a monster wave broke behind us, both of us and you know when you sort of you think oh, I'm just going to hang on to my board and just get enveloped in this and just pop yeah. out and I didn't pop out for ages and ages and ages. You're just in the white water. Mm. And it just, you know, like when you get held mm. under in white water, but I was held in it. Mm. And I knew I was going towards the beach. And, and you, you know, eventually I just, I did actually pop out the front of it. But I was full of water by then, you know. You, well, just, you just don't realise how long yeah. you're in there. The other one was um, Bandoran. Oh. I actually nearly drowned in Bandoran. <laughs> out at the peak. Oh, yes. Was yeah, it? yeah. Europeans. Mm. And it was uh, that was that was eighty five. That was the ten years in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was uh, horrific. Yeah, it was huge. They put the women in. It was low tide, and the swell picked up. Mm. And I was in a heat with um, I'm trying to think who was with. Oh yeah, Christine, Christine something somebody from she was not reunion from Tahiti. <coughs> Christine Sanford. Mm. And, she, you know, she could handle it. She knew about it. But I was on a five foot seven Roger Cooper twin fin board. <laughs> Any volleyball, I could, really. I could, hardly, I could hardly paddle it, never mind surf it in that stuff. I, I had one wave. I caught one wave and I sort of flopped along it like this, yeah. you know, wow. for a while and got, got back out. And as I got back outside, the set came through and I thought, oh, I can just about make it past this. Duck dived it, and the wave hit me on the back of the neck. Mm. Me and the board hit the bottom. I, I could feel the board scrape in the bottom and I couldn't get up. Mm. I was just stuck on the bottom. Um, and, it, you know, I still had my leash on the board and the board, the board must have gone up, you know, after a bit. But apparently I was held down for two ways. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but by the time I got up, because I mean, I could see, because at least the water's clear, you could see where you are. Mm. I actually pulled myself up my leash because mm. I, I just couldn't get up. It was you know so it's much. A, yeah. A big wave. Yeah, it's a huge that. wave. And, uh, and I, I'd say I actually got up and I was so dizzy by the time I got up there. I thought, oh, I'm just about to pass out. You know, you know when you know mm. that you get that feeling. 
Yeah. And, I, and I and I was really close and I just sort of hang on to my board and lay on it for a bit and got washed over the rocks. Wow, wow. <laughs> and I ended up just coming in. And when I came in, they said, go back out, you only really had one way. <laughs> but I don't want to paddle out. No, it wasn't that. I, I had literally almost drowned. Oh. You know, it, it was it was a blackout situation. Mm. Like, you know, it was... a it was Deprived of oxygen. Oh, to, well, yeah, but bang first time. Hypoxia, you know, hit, hit against the, the bottom yeah. first mm. and then deprived of oxygen mm. when I thought it was coming round. And then, and I, when I was like, I was lying there dizzy thinking, I can't drown now. This mm. whole thing has been put together by Brian Britton and Rocky, Rocky, and they'd kill me if, if I drowned. <laughs> it would ruin the event. Mm. And that just kept me going. It was just weird. You mentioned earlier, you said, oh, you guys are about to ask me about the WESO contest, yeah. you know, and then oh, you yeah, about it anyway. Yeah. Well, you've, the very next two words uh, yeah. on my script here are Rocky <laughs> Allen and Brian Britton. So, yeah. you know, so you're bringing us right into that, you know, you... You've always had um, a, a real connection or affinity for Ireland mm. and the Irish. Yeah. And, and chief among those friendships, I suppose, is the one that you guys formed with Brian Britton mm. in particular. And, that and all his family. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that kind of, yeah. you know, lasted yeah, a long time. time. And they, they, I suppose, you know, the, the, the Britons are to, to Irish surfing what, you know, yourself and... Herbie, ah, uh, you know, to, to, to Welsh in a way, you know. Yeah, sort of... In a way, yeah, it's, it is, it's obviously a different setup over there, but yeah, they were in it almost at the beginning, not, you know, there mm. were people before them, but, but Rocky Allen and Brian Britton have been driving force behind the Irish um, mm. development, really, yeah. and, and then being able to hold Europeans and things, they wanted the Worlds, they wanted the Junior Worlds one year, right. um, but there was a lot of opposition, local opposition to it, apparently. Was there? Yeah, and Brian was um, president of the ISA for a while, right. for a short while, yeah, I think he was two years, I, I'm not sure if um, Rocky wasn't president oh, i can't remember no rocky, rocky was rocky yeah. was president 90s. when the contest was in thurzo rocky was the president european the yeah that's right and brian yeah. has been a president of the europeans as well and i know brian was um actually competing you know head to head with uh, fernando um aguera uh, for the presidency of the isa right in 94 Goodness and, Ro- and brian lost <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is uh history history in yeah, a yeah. big way yeah yeah and brian Britton then is from Ross Nola, Ross Nola right? yeah, because yeah. there's a there's um they got a little pub next to that big Sands Hotel, you know, and it's like well, well the Sands Hotel big, belonged to his fa- his family, right, his parents, okay, right? His parents developed it to what it is today, um, and they they lived there. The the were five In brothers, that hotel. yeah, the five brothers, and they all lived there. What a place! It's like something out of a movie. That and place, that isn't wild, it? Isn't yeah. It? Uh, say before that, where there's photographs on the the Irish surfing uh, site's got some good like, history photographs on it. There's photographs of the hotel as it was when their parents bought it, and yeah. there's like it's unrecognisable, of course, now yeah. because they do developed it all. But it was quite quite a big hotel, substantial hotel there, exactly where it's placed now, mm. and they've just sort of built around it, you know, extended mm. it and all sorts. And now his son Neil has got a surf shop and school behind the hotel. Right. And alongside it is uh, Brian's brother, you know, the, the um, what's his name? Barry, yeah. the one who does all the illustrations. The painter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the father of... Uh, Iski. Iski, yeah. So when the 
World Masters went to Bundoran. Bundoran, Was yeah. that then something that Brian Britton was, was an architect in trying to bring about? When was it? I can't, I can't remember when was that was. It was 90... I want to say 97 or 98. Gary Elkerton won it in board shorts, I remember. Mm. You know, and it was like... Uh, it, it, yeah, yeah. And, and, and was that at a time when, when there was some... Op- I know why. I know why. I've answered, I'm answering my own question. Yeah. There was opposition and then... Yeah. The peak at Bandoran was under threat for harbour development. Yes, wasn't it, it was, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, all the opposition. So I've answered yeah, the my opposition question. disappeared because the op- all the surfers got behind the. And they the said, protest. let's have a world yeah, championship yeah. event in Bandoran. Yeah, 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 they were, oh, go- were going to put. Um, you know, the way Bandoran breaks, it's like I'm the river, isn't there? It's a mm. river, and you've got the, uh, you've got the peak there. They were going to put a wall oh. alongside the river. Yeah. Just where you paddle out, you know, that was going to be part of a big. And that side of the river was going they were going to make a big harbour development there. 2001. Uh, see, that's way... Brian was still involved then. Yeah. Definitely. And Rocky. Mm. Rocky, not so much. Yeah. Um, but, um, but Brian was definitely involved with that. Yeah. You know, and hanging on to it and keeping it there. Mm. But by then, Zoe was, uh, was running the uh, Irish Surfing Association. Right. And she, she studied over here. She was from Swan... She went to Swansea University. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And won the British students. Did she? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So again, I'm sitting here again now then with a crowd. So you've won that. No, you've won that. no, I never won the British students. What did you use? Oh, universities. No, that it? was a swimming event. Oh, of course. They, it was they, yeah. they never oh, had, they didn't have any yeah. women's, uh, they didn't that, have a yeah. women's event for ages in um, the universities. Right. And in fact, your dad won the he first. Won it as well, yeah. No, he was in the first <laughs> British universities event. And underneath his name, it says Brintig Boys Grammar. So he wasn't even in university. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, it's in the, I got it in a magazine yeah. upstairs yeah. in Surfing Sight. Yeah, I'll find out. You know, that'll he make was, you laugh. He was the first person to remind me that he'd won that when I came third in yeah. it. <laughs> I won that myself. Yeah. There's some way you can get back to university, Tom, and enter again. Yeah. Surely. Well, but there's no. look at PJ. PJ was in it for years and years. He never actually won it because um, Tigger used to beat him. <laughs> Tigger yeah, Newlin. Um, but, but he was in it. And Rocky Allen was in Cardiff. Right. That's why Rocky, uh, Rocky no, knew everybody here. Rocky oh, and okay. Steve, you know Steve Jones in the club? Yeah. Well, Rocky and Steve were doing the same course, art course. Oh, right, okay. And then Design, Rocky yeah. transferred to, um, I think it was Fine Arts in Cardiff. Right. And then Rocky transferred to an architect's course and he right. did that. But Rocky used to surf around here. Wow. So, I you know, know we that. knew Rocky, yeah. I know, I yeah. didn't know that. And then, of course, the, the other friendship that you and Herbie had for years and years and years or decades was with um, the Lascelles family. Yeah, with Chops, yeah. 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 And that, I suppose, that was before the 80s in a way, it's the end of the 70s, but first, my first encounter with Chops properly yeah. was um, the World Contest in 1980. He was in the British team and I was in the British team. Yeah. So that, that was when I first really got to know him. Mm. And then uh, 81... It was in Scotland, the Europeans in Scotland, and mm. he was second to Nigel Simmons, mm. and you know, and I was second to Nigel Simmons's girlfriend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chops, Chops has been around. That and that's when Chops really sort of emerged in Britain in the eight, early, early late seventies and, and eighty, mm. um, and you know he's always been a driving force since then. And so full of knowledge. Was it with? Chops that you guys had travelled to Sri Lanka then that year no. when you missed the Puerto Rico contest? No, no, we just went. 
Right. Um, we just booked, we'd wanted to go to, to Sri Lanka. We went Aeroflot that time as well. <laughs> you had miles problem. Well, we know that was the it first was quite, one we went. There was a Russian scene in Sri Lanka before it sort of there gentrified was, a bit, wasn't um, yeah. there? That, that was after we were there, though. Right. When we went, it was it was pretty empty. Mm. Um, the couple of boys from Swansea were the ones I was trying to remember. That's um, Simon Probert. Oh, yeah. And Mark Pog. Probert, Pog, yeah. yeah. And their friend Simon well. probably was a body glove rep then, I think. Yeah, that's he? right. Yeah. Well, no, afterwards, when he, when he yeah. came back, he, he wasn't then. He was still a junior. Right. He was, a, he was in the Welsh team, juniors, yeah. whatever. Um, and we, we sort of met up with them, yeah, and we spent three months out there. And Eden as well. Eden was out there. Yeah. So we had uh, three months and with them out there. Was, was that when uh, Herbie yeah. made his appearance as a movie star? Yeah, with Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Big he, mates of Bo Bridges yeah. <laughs> taught him how to play rugby with the Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they had Merlins and they were chucking them and bumping them and they were exploding. Yeah. It was hilarious. And, and what, what, what was Herbie then? He was, he was just a villain. An extra. villain no, 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 he's an American soldier. The, all, all the, all the, oh, I'd have all put the, him on the other side. No, but all, all, the myself, all the Viet Cong with the locals. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sri Lanka, right? Okay. And um, they, had, they had the Sri Lankan Air Force had helicopters there and they were using yeah. them they you know they were all whatever but they were using them for the american soldiers to jump out of yeah and so they only had a handful of american soldiers so they used to take them up in the helicopters and bring them down they all had to jump out and then they'd have to do it again on a, in a different place and they, who loved it absolutely loved it in these helicopters going up and down the valley and on top of the river <laughs> and jumping out and, and running and you know it's just like and, and holding a gun, which is nothing in it, of yeah. course, but they all had to hold the stuff and wear the flak stuff. And then he said he always wore his, his watch, right? Um, I think it was always on his, on his left wrist so that we could tell who he was in the photo. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he was, they just, there's just loads and loads of shots of him just running around. And, and the name of the movie, so that our dear listeners can it, look this up if they want to see her. You know it's the Iron Triangle. The Iron Triangle. <laughs> it's, it is dreadful. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. Well, just do what I did. Just like, I fast forward. I'll tell you who was in it, Toby. I'll tell you who was in it. Do you remember the. the um, oh, he wrote the books for there. Hang Noor, who wrote the book of. Um, oh, it's, it's the book about what happened in Vietnam. Right. Ah, oh, I. I I'll find the book for you after and show you. And he was in the movie? He was in the movie. And there was a young girl in the movie who became quite a famous actress afterwards as well. Yeah. And there's a photo. I've got a photo of all the Welsh boys sitting there with a school on their knee, you know. I've <laughs> got quite a lot of photos of that. You can, yeah. have, you can have a few of those. But, yeah, funny. Oh, they got paid so much. We, they, we got put up in... Um, only, it was only two weeks. Two weeks in Candy. In oh, a, this is up in the mountains? Up in the mountains, then? yeah. We got taken yeah. up there. Well, stuck on a train taken up there and um, uh, it just stayed in like top class you know hotel yeah. big receptions every now and again and everyone that could take their girlfriends if their wives their family with them if they wanted to yeah. it's all paid for it was like it was like they do now yeah. in the films now you know mm. and uh, it was just amazing but they got paid something like $50 a day mm. which was you think oh my god that's nothing mm. but it was a huge amount of money for Sri Lanka at the time mm. and we were staying in a B&B in Nicodua and it was costing us £1.20 bed and breakfast together for oh, both of us, yeah. £1.20 a night. Yeah. It was just crazy. We mm. could, we had to, uh, one of the conditions of us uh, staying there, because there was no, you had to go up and, and get your visa extended after a month. Mm. You had to have spent £300, mm. in, or no, £300 actually, mm. in Sri Lanka. And you couldn't spend it. You mm. could not spend it. 
we, we'd only taken £300. We took £300 cash with us because you had to have that to go in. To prove that you, to were prove not, that you, you, you had it, yeah. yeah. So we sort of gave it. We, we gave it to the guy who was looking after, you know, who, whose house we were staying in. And he gave us a receipt for it. And then we sort of trundled up to the embassy to get everything hmm. stamped. And then when we got back, he gave us our money back. Talk about honest. No just, just, it was brilliant. Brilliant. And I want to ask as well, before we talk about sort of modern surfing and then you know, the, um, I want to ask about tonight's dog sitter. Because, of course, you know, earlier on when we, when we were all doing our COVID <laughs> tests, I yeah. uh, yeah. took Bryn the dog out. But I Harrod now is, um, you know, sort of rep- representing your family in the lineups of Porth Call today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's she's quite the... Uh, Quite the bully in the point, which I completely approve of, as does Rhino. Absolutely. Um, stylish long border, very, mm. very good short border. Mm. Um, how did you find out, after all the surfers that you taught to surf, like mm. Rhino, myself, you know, and others, um, how was it trying to teach your own daughter to surf? Because I remember she, she used yeah. to never listen to you, didn't she? she? She wouldn't let me teach her to swim, <laughs> and I'd been a swimming teacher all my life. <laughs> she would not let me let me teach her to swim, because when yeah. we... When we rented the farm up the hill there, yeah. we had a swimming pool. I remember with it. that. Remember that? Yeah, in the fire. Yeah, yeah. And um, and on our third birthday, we had everybody up there, and everybody was in the pool, you know, yeah. uh, and sauna and everything. That was a lovely place. Ridiculous yeah. though, you know. <laughs> we just uh, yeah. So, but she would not let me teach her to swim. And when yeah. I, I I quizzed her and quizzed her, I said, "Why why won't you listen to what I'm saying? You're my mother. You're not my swimming teacher." <laughs> so and I and I was you know totally reluctant to send her off to swimming lessons. Yeah. But uh, I used to teach. I taught her to swim through who. Yeah. So I used to tell him what to tell what her to do. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't do it within yeah. your shot. And will she listen to you about surfing? Yeah, yeah, she does listen to me about surfing, but it's always with reluctance, you know. She, she wants to learn it herself. She wants to do what I did, Yeah. learn it myself. Yeah. Because mm. that's what I did. I, yeah. There was nobody to tell me how to surf. Is that the key to and all it, the knowledge you pass on there, stuff you've figured out for yourself? Yeah, probably. And it's, but it's also my, I, I, you know, I went to PE college and one of the things they teach you, one of the skills you have to learn is how to observe and correct movement. Mm. You've got to observe movement realize what's right and wrong about it and then correct what's wrong and accentuate what's right so that is just a skill you learn and and mm. if you can't do that you can't be a teacher mm. or a coach you can't do it it's as simple as that and it's the same with swimming um but a lot of it because i because i had a swimming background a lot of it is feel because mm. when you're in the water you if you you can you can go through all the motions of swimming you can have the perfect stroke mm. if you can't feel what you're doing to the water you are never going to improve. Mm. You're not going to be doing it right. You've got to actually feel the water. And it's the same with surfing. Mm. You've got to feel what your board's doing on the wave. Because mm. it, it becomes second nature then. You don't have to think, do you? Mm. You don't think after a while when you're surfing. You just catch a wave, take off, and whatever you're thinking by there, your feet don't do mm. on their own. Mm. So, But it's, a, it's because you're feeling the board and the power of the wave through your feet mm. and through the board. Mm. And, it, and it's like, Top tennis players, they don't, you know, they don't think about their grip on the on the racket, do they? They just feel the Associative ball Associative phase to yeah, autonomous yeah. phase. Yeah, yeah, it is autonomous. And mm. but but to be able to correct that in somebody is something that you do learn. You know, mm. you it's something which you get, mm. and that's why I can do it. I know mm. that it's, it's no secret. 
you know, it's, and, but I did have to learn it myself. And the only way I could learn, because there, there, weren't, there were no videos when I was growing up. Mm. There were no, you know, nobody, it was only the people I surfed with. Mm. So it was only by observing them and figuring out how they were doing it that I could improve myself. Mm. Uh, now you can watch, a, you know, an instruction video or you can watch, you can watch it on the telly mm. and you can figure out what everyone's doing. You couldn't do that then. Mm. We, we couldn't, we didn't even have videos. We had to wait until... You know, Bob Blythe came around with his films, so we could we could watch the films, and that's why it was such a good adventure to go to France because you and that's why people used to go to the contests. You to go to the contest to see what was happening, to see those surfers. You didn't see them otherwise, mm. and even if they filmed them, right? You think of all of the first films that came out; they didn't get to the cinema until two years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a huge gap. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember that with yeah. like surf mags and everything yeah, like that would take yeah. ages to come out. It took ages to come out, yeah. you know. It was all mm. it was all real, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> you know? So but yeah, it was always that time lag, you know. Mm. But yeah, if so if you wanted to learn from something, this is where Chops was so good. Chops was like a natural at um teaching people and coaching people. Mm. And he had grown up in Australia, he'd been uh Queensland champion as a junior. I think he, I'm not sure if he was Australian champion as a junior, mm. but he, you know, he'd done all that phase. And when he'd sort of hit tw early 20s, I think he came over here. Didn't, didn't you also tell me that he was like, Go in on. some way, and distantly... Not, not that distant. Right. He's related to the Queen Mother. Her name was Lascelles. So, so he was in line to yeah. the throne at some he's point. still in line to the throne, and the boys. <laughs> They're in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. Really? Yeah. yeah, what's it called? Deloitte's. Well, or the book where, the like, book, where, yeah, which yeah. says he was going to die yeah. in what order? Yeah, yeah, he's well, in that. Goodness me. Um, his his father was uh, the Queen Mother's brother. Really? Oh yeah, it's, it is as close as that. Wow. It's Gosh, really, that is close. It's really close. Yeah. But his father was a, a rogue, and he was mm. banished to Australia. His father, his father ran. Um, his father owned a huge plot of land in Australia, mm. and uh, and uh, it might have been. It actually might have been his grandfather that was mm. banished and sent out there. Yeah, I think it was actually. I think it was his grandfather. Um, uh, cause oh, he, and then when they came, when they came, they, when they finished their sentences, they were then given land with which. No, no, he's not. Land. He wasn't sentenced. He no. was part of the royal family. Oh, right, he was so landed like, gentry. Like away he, in was, shame. he was. He was. Bye, oh, bye, right. you. You're a naughty boy. Like you, <laughs> he'd been doing something he shouldn't have done in London, and off he went. Like, sent, go to <laughs> Australia. Have this bit of land. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a, he had a huge farm in Australia, and Chops grew yeah. up. Like his father took over the farm once his grandfather died. Chops grew up. Uh, Sheep farming and yeah. herding cattle. He spent all his life on the back of a horse. Wow. And then his brother, his older brother, decided he wanted... And his, fa his father, he said, I can't do this anymore. And Because it wasn't just his father there, there, was, there were other boys. And they left the farm. His father went down and ran a pub on the, on the Sunshine Coast. That's how they got into surfing. Wow. And his, his brother then started up um, cord surfboards. Yeah. His older brother, who's still alive. He's still there, still doing cord surfboards. And now Marky's doing it, isn't he? He's doing... He's doing cord. Is, is it right? Martin yeah, will yeah. tell us that. Yeah, he's doing yeah. cord. Yeah. He's, he's the only one doing cord. Yeah, his, bro his brother's not doing it anymore. Yeah, it's just Marky now. Yeah, because he's sort of transfer. He's, he's get, really getting on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Humphrey. <laughs> Humphrey's well, we, I think we're, we're, we're hoping to tap mm. them up and see if they'll come and have a chat with us in, uh, oh, the, in, boys. in the coming year or so. Oh, yeah. that'd be interesting. Yeah. Sean is his music. Yeah. Oh, Sean, Sean's hilarious. Yeah, so Chops decided to come back to Britain to his roots. He wanted the boys to have um, 
British education. Yeah. And and Mary, Mary's Irish, from Cork. Is Her family are from Cork. She's not. She's oh, born just, and bred in Australia, but yeah. all her family are from Southern Ireland, um, Cork area of Ireland. So they got a massive connection over there. So so uh, Ted Deerhurst wasn't the only lord oh, on no. the board then. He wasn't anywhere near Chop. Chop's his way in front of him. <laughs> but he wasn't a lord because they never, they never they kept the title. They didn't have the title, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, they didn't keep it because they were sort of banished for being naughty. And <laughs> <laughs> which Chop's happily carried on through his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, naughtiness. What, what a... <laughs> oh, gosh. I know how to follow that one. Like, know, from royalty, she... I don't even have to link down to the next question. I don't think there's a link, is there? <laughs> no, not really. No, especially <laughs> not with Chop's. There never <laughs> was a link with him. <laughs> he, always, he always denied it, right? Oh, always denied it and I, I found it in a book <laughs> and I, and I, yeah I found it in a book and, and at the time Sean had been born and Bubs you know yeah. Brennan had been born and their names were in there so I knew it was definitely him wow yeah wow so Linda I think you've um, just thinking back now so you've uh, you've seen a, f- a, f- a few decades of surfing mm-hmm. in Wales and obviously through your travel you've seen technologies change boards change like styles of surfing changes what as well oh, you see yeah like what's your feelings of like for one i think that like where we're at at the moment with surfing in wales and then maybe just doing a little step ahead like worldwide what we um we're still sort of grassroots almost in wales we haven't we haven't what we haven't done is had uh, a big like money lift there's been no injection of funds mm. you know in, into us in wales yeah and now that we've got the Olympic move, now it's become an Olympic sport, there is now, from now on, there is the possibility of having an injection of funds. Okay. It's just how we manage it then, isn't it? Yeah. And, and uh, it, unfortunately, as far as Britain's concerned, and this happens in England as well, uh, everyone thinks, oh, the surfers should be sponsored to go on tour. Mm. But that's not how it works, you know, because you can't... You, we need, I think we need to do what the French did 20 years ago. Because the French have always been supported in surfing, um, it's it's been it's huge in, as far as it's, it's from day one. It's always been a like one of the things that they are very good at high up on, um, and they they've been leaders in it, and they fought and fought and fought. To be fair, uh, to get uh, to keep on government funding, so they've had government funding all the way through. We used to get government funding, and then our government decided, or UK Sport decided. If you're not an Olympic sport, you're not having funding anymore mm. for your for your development. You you can you can't have anything really, you know. And that was it. So, but the French have hung on to theirs, and I think mainly they've hung on to it because they they also had when they started it Tahiti reunion, mm. all those islands where surfing was a huge part of them, mm. and other things like rugby and stuff weren't so big. Yeah. So they they've always and it's always been attached to the tourist thing. Mm. So they had for years and years they had. Um, do you remember? Oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> I should remember his name. Distangan. Do you know? Do you remember? I'm gonna jump his bro- and say his name is Fran- Francis Distangan. Francis Distangan. Yes. His, his son is now on the on the tour. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Right. Him, well, yes. Francis yeah. was. Herbie was very good friends. Oh, he was, he was brilliant. Cause, Francis. Cause obviously, you know, I, yeah. I speak French, and I'm. Yeah, the, yeah. Herbie used yeah. to. Plant like yeah. hideous insults on you. Like, right, walk up to that book where they're now, right? Just trust <laughs> yeah. me. Tell me what I said. He was president of Europeans for a yeah. while. He was great. But Francis was a government employee. He was employed by the government right. to oversee and run surfing. Yeah. 
throughout the whole of France, and that's all the islands, everything. What a, a job, eh? He was yeah. a government employee. Right. And and because he was there, they had money injected, and they had money put into all the development. They developed their own coaching programme, yeah. their own teaching programme, they developed all their own judging programme, yeah. and they encouraged, because it's a slightly mm. different thing there, all the mayors of every town to build a surf school. Mm. And that's what they've done. If you go to France, there's a surf school at every town. Mm. And they're, they're um, almost certainly... Oh going to be alongside the USA, Australia, Brazil as one of the countries with two surfers in, oh, in the Olympics in each yeah. category. They'll have four Olympians. Oh, I, well, well, hopefully. they only got one girl to get in there now. Yeah. They've got they've, two men and a woman. They've taken one girl because they only want her to get in. Is no, that no, no. They, um, two of them tested positive, COVID. So oh, they've got, they got they three do. girls there. Right. Um, yeah, I saw because Pauline Addo missed yeah. it last night. Right, yeah. No, Pauline Addo isn't. Pauline Addo went. Pauline Addo was surfing just now. Oh, was she? Yeah, it was the other two. Canel Boulard. Right. And um, was it Vahini Fiera? Fiera, oh, the Tahitian yeah, girl. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. But, she, yeah, so, you know, he did that. He started that off. It was more than 20 years ago. It was probably 30 years mm. ago that he started off the system of of um, bringing on the very young children mm. through the surf clubs, clubs mm. who became surf schools. So, that, you know, which is basically where, where we are right now. Mm. A lot of our clubs are starting to coach their the nippers, you know, mm. like Greg does with his crew. And mm. and uh, all the surf clubs have started doing it. And they and there are some down in, in England as well that are doing it. Mm. So if we if we start there and get those children that they are now into the right frame of mind, that they, they know that they're going to be treated like athletes. Mm. Now, our surfers have never been treated like athletes. They've always been treated like sideliners, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's, in, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not an athlete, though, are you? You know, they're not in, they, don't, they don't think of themselves as athletes. Mm. Uh, but the French instilled that in their surfers. From very And, and the, the ones that came through that first were Didier Pite, Boris Atexier, um, Frederick Robin, mm. all that crew. They Yannick were, Bevan. Yannick, yeah, all those. They were all, like, under 12s mm. when this programme started. Mm. And they come right through it, and they're all still involved. Mm. And they're all up there. They're, they're coaching locally, coaching. Mm. Mm. Some of them got jobs on the islands, coaching. You know, mm. they, that, and it's just a different attitude. We haven't got that attitude in Britain at the moment, unfortunately. Mm. It would be nice if we did. Um, we we haven't got it in Wales, but we are very very small in Wales. You mm. sub, you don't realise how small we are. Mm. You know, Ireland is bigger. As far as numbers are concerned now, they've got mm. more surf clubs, more surfers in the water mm. than we have, which is crazy. We, not, I'm saying, not, not mean more surfers in the water. We've got thousands of surfers in the in water, the water but, but they're not attached to anything. Yeah. They're just day, day trippers. Aff- affiliated yeah. Yeah, yeah, surfers yeah. looking to you know, climb Well, just pyramid, looking to be yeah. part of something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just think it's, it's just a free-for-all, isn't it? Yeah. So until we, until we adopt that structure, which is what we're trying to do mm. in yeah. Wales um, and in Britain now, you know that we're not actually going to get anywhere because the the there is funding now because we're an Olympic sport and as far as Britain's concerned, it's going to go, it's going to become, or we are accepted and acknowledged as a as a progression sport. Right. We're not we're not going to get funding to put people on a world tour. No. We're not going to get funding to just pull a little surfer up like I say, you're the best in the world. Off you go. Go and do a few yeah, contests. No, that we're not doing that. We are a progression. Yeah. Event and the the view is to look to not the next Olympics but the one after. So we were debating in the last show where we talked mm. ahead of the ISA Games, and we interviewed Pat and Logan, and you know they were talking about how mm. their um, their goals are all about the QS. Yeah. And Vaughan was saying he thinks that's 
short-sighted and I think it is yeah Yeah, I think it's hugely short-sighted but what we need in Britain is a circuit or some kind of um you know it's not a circuit is it you you just you want like a a ladder stage almost you need you need to be progression a progression so that you know where you stand throughout the whole of Britain all the time yeah that's what the French do the the French do regional championships all the time and and you've got to you go in you've got to win Aquitaine then you've got to win Gironde then you've got to go to the nationals yeah yeah and and that their nationals are done on a regional basis you've got you've got mainland You've got Reunion. Mm. You've got. They don't use Tahiti anymore. You've got Guadeloupe, mm. and you've got Martinique. It, no, I think Martinique and Guadeloupe might be together. Oh, they do the same one. But the the other one is French Caledonia. Oh, okay. Because they yeah. it used to be Tahiti, but French yeah. Caledonia is like on its own. Or Tahiti is on its own, but they they do their own regionals, and they are winners go to the French nationals. But right. they for a while they had sponsors. They had Air France sponsoring them. And every four years, they would go around those four places. Wow. And they would, you, once you got yourself into the uh, finals, mm. the French finals, you had a free trip to get to the French finals, wherever it was. Mm. So they used to go out, like, you know, this mainland. It was great being on the mainland because they could go, they would go th- forever, yeah. three years after they'd pop somewhere else. And I'm not sure if they still sponsor them. They did for a while. But mm. yeah, but that's, you know, we need a structure like that. So we got some kind of a, a league, you know, a proper league. So you can mm. you can carry on finding out who your best surfers are. Mm. But we haven't got it at the moment. It, and, and unfortunately, it's gone out. It went out to the pro thing. You know, mm. the UK Pro Tour tried to do it. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's like piffle. They just got little bits of money mm. and lots of advertising and nothing at the end of it. Mm. Yeah. And and they also they don't conform. They don't use yeah, they make, ISA judges. They don't use people They're who, making content, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just making content. They're not actually they're not actually trying to pull people into a, a you know, a thing which is actually viable. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's it, that's very interesting. It's just in, intercepted us almost. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Especially when they had the office in Nuki. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and last of all, Linda. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one more question to go, and it's an important one. <laughs> Tom and I were debating. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Tom and I were debating whether you'd have a good one of the one of these or not. As we hear about green lists or amber travel bans and what have you, there's hope that surf travel is on the horizon in the not too distant future. Now, mm. as you know, for those of us of a lesser status than Herbie and Harry Cromwell, anyway, <laughs> those guys are away. We're not, but hopefully we can. So maybe we won't need these as a consolation much longer. But while we're stu- still doing this, can we ask you if you have a surf travel trip nightmare story? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've told you two of them when I almost drowned. That was a, but a, a surf, yeah. I'm not sure I have really. <laughs> oh yeah, I have. I have got a good one actually. <laughs> when <laughs> I went, yeah, yeah. It it? <laughs> no, I've got a couple. I mean, I had a really nasty injury when I was in Sri Lanka and I had to be stitched up, mm. and uh, you know, cause I had to stay I out of the water. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a landed legs apart on my fin oh, on my surfboard, right. and yeah. it, and it missed everything. Just went in the muscle, so oh. I was really lucky. But uh, yeah, that was a booty. Um, but then I I do have a funny one, but which is hilarious. But uh, when I was in California for that WESA competition, the, co- the, the competition actually went ahead in the first week. Yeah. We had this three-week well, we waiting period. So no, I know. No, I came. I came like halfway. You know, which basically last. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was it was it, the the contest was run on the first day the swell came up. 
mm. which was three days after I'd arrived. And it was a Malibu, which I'd never even seen break in. You know, so I was like, oh, there we are. You know, just backhand. go in and enjoy backhand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just go in and enjoy. I, and I had I had my two, no, three surfs. Everyone had three surfs. They did a really nice event there. Um, and my, my first heat I was in with um, uh, Lynn Boyer, who won the event. My second heat. Sunset Beach specialist. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she actually won that event and she, mm. was, do, she was throwing 360s on the wave in yeah. 1976. Mm. Yeah, she was, she's outstanding. And my, uh, my second heat then was in with Rel Sun. Wow. So, you know, they're both like lovely Hawaiian surfers, whatever. Mm. But I made really, really good friends there. The, the, the girls were fabulous to know. Um, I didn't want to... The, the competition side, they were horrible in the water because they wanted the waves. They were absolutely... Mm. They were mental in the water. Mm. And uh, it put me right off professional surfing for the rest of my life, really. But as far as people were concerned, they were, they were brilliant. And to mm. go surfing with, really brilliant. So the contest finished about a week. Uh, we, the contest lasted like two days. Yeah, only two days. And they all said, oh, let's go down to Mexico. So we all jumped in a pile of cars and... The, who I was with, where I was going. And we went down to Mexico for the day. So there must have been five cars and a um, couple of boys driving them as well. So we've got to take some men down with us to Mexico because it's a bit, you know. Yeah, down <laughs> so, to Tijuana. Yeah, 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 well, it was down to the, the first break. It was just after Tijuana. It yeah. was, what, was it called? what did they call it? K- Either K38, K38. It could have been K38. Or Baja Malibu. No, K38. K38, was. Yeah, yeah. K38. Yeah. But, but we, like, crowd of us went down there. And I hadn't taken a wetsuit out there either because I thought it was California. Then why would I need a wetsuit? (laughs) But it was freezing in Mexico. The water was quite cold. Um, But yeah, we all sort of drove down. Nightmare at the at the um, the border because I had a British passport, didn't I? So I had to wait for that. Get down. So that was the first nightmare. But when we got down there, we all went surfing, and there was we we were our own crowd, masses of us, and they were all in the water. There was about probably twelve of us in the water. And you could see a couple of uh, pickups came and parked by the vehicles. And the boys said, oh, look out, look out, look out. You know, this is, uh, you know, the vehicles are locked, but they had to leave the keys somewhere. And um, and I was freezing by then. So I said, oh, look, I'll go up. And, you know, they, they won't know what to say to me because I don't speak Spanish or whatever. Be careful. Take a stone with you. And I said, what? <laughs> Yeah, take pick a stone up off the beach so you can throw it at them if they come at you. Oh. I know that was that was one. I thought, but I was freezing by now, absolutely freezing. So I wandered up, and the boy said, "Oh, we'll be out behind you now. It'll be okay." And I, so I, up I went up this sort of horrible bluffy thing. You know what they like the yeah. the, the coastline. Yeah, there. I've been to that beach. Yeah, yeah mm. and it, and it is and it's filthy. It's it like is. it's absolutely filthy. Yeah. Glass bottles broken everywhere. Stinking dirty. It's just rubbish absolutely everywhere. And as I was walking and scrambling up this bit. The two boys came to the edge of the cliff and started wanking in my face. <laughs> they dropped their kegs and started wanking. And I went, and I had a big stone in my hand. And I thought, do I go I any further? Do I go any further? Or do I just stay You're armed with a stone. And, yeah. and they, were just, they were just two, like, mental Mexicans. and trips each other like this. Now your crown is gone. <laughs> and I just stood there going... Oh my god! And the boys came up behind me then, and they just sort of bag it off. But that was a nightmare because oh. I thought I Gary thought I was completely on my own. It was brilliant, and, it, it just, and the girls, came, the girls came out behind me, so and they said, "Were they wanking in front of you?" I said, "Yeah, they were." Oh, you're privileged. <laughs> oh, god. 
I said they must have oh. known I was foreign. Oh. Oh, the, but the girls were great. Uh, and then Ralston went from there, from that day. She said, I can't stand this anymore. I'm going home. And she, they'd been to the Gunston 500, so they yes. all had wetsuits and everything. And she said, do you want my wetsuit? I said, yes, please. <laughs> so, and I, I had Ralston's wetsuit and I kept it then for like, it lasted me two winters. Oh, wow. It was a fabulous O'Neill wetsuit, you know, made to fit her. She was a little bit longer than me in the body, but um, I managed. <laughs> On here it says Linda maybe has a story. <laughs> <laughs> I think she has. It was just unbelievable. That's a that to the normal script. I know, it is. But oh. just, just, they just came forward and just stood there. Wanking yeah. and, I mean, we were all in bikinis and, oh. you know, swimming, swimming costumes, so... You can see why, I suppose. Yeah. It does because with them, it's, it doesn't matter. A, excuse it's just, a horrible pun, but it's a seedy place. That oh, <laughs> seedy. They, they, I think they've built a posh hotel on the bluff oh, there. I'm now. sure they have, but, but somebody would. When I, I went there, when oh, my dad first moved out there in oh, '99 or 2000, mm. I met with Richard Grove, and, this, and there'd been yeah. a little landslide there, and this this house. Yeah. It slipped sideways down the hill. There were no houses there when I was there. Yeah, well, there was then, and it slipped <laughs> yeah. sideways down this hill, lost yeah. its foundations, and it was like just hanging in the water, about to sink down into the water. And these locals mm. had taken it over, mm. and it totally makeshift, and they'd like nailed across the front of it this yeah. little wood sign, and they'd yeah. called it, and, and the guy goes, hey, come in, I just opened up the hut. We're going to wait till, they, till, they, till the police come and take this off me. The Tilted Bar, man. And they don't know, but it was, it was called yeah. The Tilted Bar. Yeah, it was like yeah. slipping into the sea and you could yeah. sit and have a drink in this pub that was sliding into the there sea. There was nothing there when and I, I, I presume all. it had slid into yeah. the sea and now there's a, there's, there's I think there's there. a hotel there now. <laughs> no, oh, right. there was a, the only thing that was there was the sign, you know, yeah, K, K38. K38. Yeah. That, there was nothing there at all. Law, a law, yeah, very lawless feeling. Good surf. Yeah. Yeah. Really good surf. Yeah. But, but it, it is the place, I think. It's if, all lawless for there. There was no that bit. I think th those boys had chosen that place for a reason, you know, yeah. besides you guys. We're going down a rabbit hole here, aren't we? But there were so many girls in the water, they must have just gone, whoa, what's yeah. this, you know? Yeah. And it's just yeah. very strange. Well, Linda, what can I say? Um, maybe with the exception of that last story, I've got to say, Anghara John, listen to your mother, especially all the advice about surfing. Yeah, and I'm going to throw in Emily Williams, listen to Ang Howard's mother, because I was just trying to do the maths in my head. I think you've got, <laughs> you've got 17 more to go, at least, isn't it? Although I think she's got a few swimming she's, titles herself as well. Emily? Yeah. yeah she, well, no, cross country. Cross country. Yeah, oh, she's right. cross country runner. She, yeah. and, and she's taken to um, triathlon yeah. now. She's doing triathlon now. Because yeah. I've, I've, the, the, she used to yeah. cycle on the velodrome in New, Newport. Yeah. I know that. Well, what can I say? Um, you're on our target list from about two years before these podcasts even started and uh, I'm absolutely delighted that it's finally happened. So the hugest of thank yous for coming on Crest in partnership with Elusive um, and we also promised that we'd plug WSF membership while you were on. So so what's the deal there? Is it it's, it's renewal um, time? It's renewal time, yeah. We, we changed the renewals to um, June. Okay. So because of COVID last year, because nobody could go in the water. So yeah, it's renewal time now. And uh, if if you can do, join through a club, you know, because uh, if if you're remote from any clubs, then yeah. right. form form your own. So uh, <laughs> Harrod and Emily and the rest of Wales listen to Linda. <laughs> Gwen, Gwen never listens to me either. <laughs> no, Beth. I taught Gwen for a while. Yeah. Oh, in school, you? yeah, in the school, yeah. Oh. <laughs> in a real real yeah. building <laughs> so Lind um, as I mentioned at the top of the show you were like a second mother to me uh, as I was growing up 
as you were to many other surfers mm. around the UK. And for that, I personally would like to thank you. I really would. And on behalf of all the other surfers around the UK, I'm pretty sure that they would like to say the same as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, of course, I would like to also thank our dear listeners. A big thank you to those too. We're always keen to hear what you guys uh, have thought of our show or if you have any responses to the tales you've heard from Linda. So please, whatever it is, do get in touch by emailing us at castcrest at gmail.com or via our Twitter or Instagram pages. Crest is available through uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple and YouTube. And if you like what you hear, then please subscribe and review. In a fortnight, Crest, in partnership with Elusive, will be going for something a little unusual to our normal routine, but then that's never a bad thing either. We've had our first Olympian, and now we're going to have our first MP. Yes, you did hear that right. With the help of both Rob and Elliot, we're going to be chatting to and grilling the Right Honourable David T.C. Davis of Monmouth, or at least uh, I hope he hasn't listened to some of those episodes where we've cracked a few jokes about him, but well, that. <laughs> a regular... In the South Wales lineups, he's going to talk about his love of the ocean uh, before we put him on the spot over political issues that matter most to surfers. Let us know if you want anything put to him, actually. Should be a good ding-dong. Until then, thanks for listening and see you soon. Diolchan Brando, Aguerachia See you! Yeah, bye, and make sure you wear red. <laughs> <laughs>